Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 116. I am Bag Milk, here with Rick, Tyler Remchuk, Nation Dan. We're going to break down all things Edmonton Oilers and NHL, as we do every Friday here on OilersNation.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. First, I want to start off the show by giving a shout out to our friends at skipthedish.ca. Currently, they're offering a 25% rebate on commissions for local independent restaurant partners and 0% commission rate for any new restaurants joining the network during the restriction period. If you're looking to get yourself something to eat this weekend, check out skipthedishes.ca. Gentlemen, very exciting news for all of us this past week when it was announced, kind of revealed that on January 13th, the NHL is coming back for a 56-game season. Let's now, go! Whether, absolutely, let's go. Now, whether or not that is a January 13th is a firm start date or not, who cares? I could see it going back a couple of days just based on how things are going. Doesn't matter. We're going to have a 56-game NHL season. I just kind of want to go around the horn. Everybody's first thoughts when they heard it. For us, at here at the nation we were actually doing a our tuesday team meeting every tuesday to take you behind the scenes we do a team meeting all the boys we jump on a zoom call we talk about what's going on behind the scenes and then that's when zach lang nation network news director dropped a little nugget into the call saying that the nhl and players had agreed on a 56 game season starting on january 13th around the horn Mr. Tyler Uremchuk, I imagine you were very excited about the news. Yeah, good news, man. I mean, last week I threatened to make them my cold performers if they didn't get their shit together, and they got their shit together for me, so I'm proud of them. Um, it's a little bit weird how like there were these huge money problems, and then someone just snapped their fingers, and they suddenly went away, but I don't even care anymore. I don't care how much money the players are getting. I don't care how much money the owners are getting. None of that stuff. I want hockey back. It sounds like we're getting hockey back, and that is great news. It feels good. Uh, Rick, when you saw it was a 56-game season, was that a little bit surprising to you? Because I thought we were going to be closer to 40 than 60. I think I was always more hopeful that it was going to be more games. So yep. when I saw that, it was a, maybe it's a little bit of a sense of relief. 
uh, coupled with the sense of relief that they just have a date and we're finally moving forward. Dan, what about you? What were you thinking? Like, what was your first thought kind of when Zach dropped that into our call saying hockey's coming back? We're, as of today, today's December 11th, 2020, as we're recording this, uh, we're just over a month away from watching hockey again. Well, I was, I mean, I was visibly excited. I think I was, uh, you know, I was more active on social media that day than I have been in a long time just because it was such a, a fun day to, to be around. But, but yeah, like you said, Bag Milk, we kind of talked about it and we had surmised that we thought anywhere from 40 and oh. I was at the high level of 60. RIP phone. Oh my God. <laughs> I was at, took a little tumble there. <laughs> I was at the high level of 60 games played, uh, thinking that that was going to be the mark that they would want to get to. And, and I'm glad that they were at that point because it is, it is a positive for us. It gets us a little bit closer to that, that normalcy when it comes to, to, to the statistics after the fact. Um, you know, we're going to have an asterisk on the next couple seasons probably, but then, uh, then we'll be back to normal. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. Hopefully it's Connor's birthday that we get back to, uh, Nick hockey. How fitting was that? Just the return of hockey comes on McDavid's birthday. It just felt like it just felt right, especially well, for an Oilers fan. And the league loves him. They, uh, they did that his first year when they instituted those bye weeks, he got the, we were in Vegas for an away game the day before his birthday. And then he turned 21 in Vegas, being able to celebrate and, and hang out in the party city. They had their bye week. Yeah, that's right. It was his birthday or the game day. The next day was his birthday. Then it was a five day bye week for the Oilers. What a gift for McDiesel. Um, looking at a 56 game season, obviously it's nowhere close to the 82 that we're used to. But again, I thought it was going to be closer to a 42 or 48 game season. So I was pretty stoked. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. And January 13th, not that far away. We're just over a month away from watching the the start of the NHL season. For all of us that kind of cover sports and do this podcast, it's nice to actually have some real-life hockey talk that we can do as opposed to just guessing. But that kind of led me into something that we've been avoiding for a while because we had no idea how many games the season was going to be. Now, we can do some way-too-early point predictions. And that's what I love. I love points predictions. I love doing this kind of Let's see where this goes. So I've got some numbers. Specifically today, I want to touch on our two stars. I want to talk about Connor McDavid, and I want to talk about Leon Dreisaitl. So before I get you guys to do your guesses, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you their points per games from last season. So in 64 games played, Connor McDavid had 97 points. Hilarious. That works out to about a 1.54 points per game. Dreisaitl had 110 and 71. That's 1.55. So they're very, very close. Now, over a 56-game campaign, that would equate to 86 points for McDavid, 87 for Leon Dreisaitl. Mr. Nation, Dan, I'm going to start with you. We're going to start with the captain, Mr. Connor McDavid. 56-game season, assuming that he is healthy and he is angry, because I assume that not playing hockey for this long is the first time in his life that he's done that. What is your points prediction for Connor McDavid? And I'm going to write these down, and I'm going to probably forget to bring these up at a later date when we actually know the answer. Okay, yeah, few fact, few factors for me. Connor McDavid's longest off season since he was probably like eight years old. Uh, a, a full off season of being able to relax and chill and then work out. It's, it's. I think it's going to be a monstrous number from him this year. I'm saying 99 points. <laughs> I always love your enthusiasm, Dan. You make I'm me. I'm saying it. I'm doing it. Let's go for it. If you he know, gets, if he gets to 99 points in 56 games, that is going fucking supernova. 
Yes, I think he is, though. I think this is the year that he goes supernova. We've already <laughs> talked about it with Leon Dreisaitl getting a lot more marking from, from defensive teams. It, I think that Connor is <laughs> going to be the forgotten guy. Uh, 99 points. Let's go. I like you, Dan. Uh, Rick, Dan coming in hot with 99 off the stock for McDavid in 56 games. Where are you, <laughs> where are you on your points prediction for McDavid? Yeah, not very often. I'm like the reasonable one here, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna throw it uh, right around what he was last year, so he'd be about eighty five points for me. So eighty five for Rick. So we got ninety nine with the high bid. If we're playing prices right rules, <laughs> he is the high bidder right now. Mr. Tyler Uremchuk, you were looking at Connor McDavid's season. He has had a full off season. He's now got six PCLs. He has recovered from COVID nineteen. He is probably been working out like a madman. I would imagine anxious to go. What is your thought, Connor McDavid points total? In a 56-game season. There's a part of me that wants to go 100, baby. Like, he's going to find a way to do it and go supernova. But I'm going to go a little bit below that. I find myself sort of in between Rick and Dan. I'm going to say 94 points in a 56-game season for Connor McDavid. So as I'm writing these down, I'm writing down our points totals, and I'm going to give mine in a second. It's just, it's amazing to say that we're guessing that Connor McDavid will score this many points where... For how many years would it have taken three or four Oilers just to total an aggregate to come up to a number like that? It's pretty incredible that I have those, this guy on the roster. I uh, remember, sorry, I just remember looking back in years when like Doug Waite was in the top 25 of scoring in the league, and I was like, yes. So you're 100% right. Though. Well, I'm thinking about the lean years, man. I'm thinking about the Aikens era when old poor Tate wasn't even a point-per-game guy because he had no one to play with. Everybody was like, this sucks, and now we've got a yeah. guy who could potentially, well, at least in Dan's opinion, <laughs> kiss close to 100 points on a season. So I'm going to finish this up. I'm going to go with, uh, I guess I'm going to go just Nick to Rick, sh- the negative guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to be the low end on this one. I'm going to go 81 points. That's going to be my guess for McDavid. Just to shade off the last year's total, although, again, I would love to be incorrect. On... As for Leon Dreisaitl, reigning Hart Trophy, Art Ross winner, general overlord and mega stud, he had a 1.55 points per game last year, which would equate to about 87 points over a 56-game season. So I'm going to reverse the order here. Or I'm going to mix up the order here, I should say. I'm going to start with Rick this time. So he's not going to see Dan's highlights, or he's not going to see... Actually, Tyler was he was Tyler was higher than him as well. Rick? Uh, he's going to... Uh... This one, it's going to be a little bit under Connor. Let's go with a nice 83. 83 okay. points for Rick for Leon Dreisaitl, which again would be a fine season. I'm going to go to uh, Tyler this time. Yeah. Mr. Uremchuk, your points prediction for Leon Dreisaitl. Agree with Rick. I think this will be the year McDavid leads the team in scoring again. So for one Leon Dreisaitl, I will say 91 points. Three points below Connor McDavid. I'm going to go, I'm going to go again. I think that Connor's going to go ridiculous this year. I'm going to say he's 79 points for Leon Dreisaitl. So, so far, I'm the low bid, Mr. Nation Dan. Are you drinking the Kool-Aid? Where are you at on Leon Dreisaitl? You came in hot with a 99-point prediction for Connor McDavid over 56 points or 56 games, I should say. Leon Dreisaitl, your points prediction, please, sir. So this is basically just, am I the eternal optimist or am I just hedging my bets to win one of the two? And I'm the eternal optimist. Please. We're going 92 points for Leon Dreisaitl. So Dan is the high bidder here on both Connor and Leon. He's got 99 for Connor, 92 for Leon. Rick's got 85 for McDiesel, 83 for Dreisaitl. Tyler's got 94 for McDavid. 
91 for Drysaddle, and I'm 81 and 71 or 79 respectively. Either way, if both of those guys can come up with those kind of seasons and they can stay healthy, then I'm feeling pretty confident that they're either going to make us look great or we won't care because the others are winning something. And I think that's what's important. Off the top of your head, how do these guys play in uh, key situations, like against Canadian teams? Like every game is going to mean something, right? There's no. There's no sleeper Minnesota games. There's no weird, you know, like that's not going to be a thing. Every game is going to mean so much more. It's always going to be the Canadian teams. If I had to like sit there without looking at any numbers at all and just kind of think about it, I think they both step up pretty well in these types of situations. You know, maybe getting towards that 90 is not going to be that crazy. I also think that these games are going to be officiated like, you know, sometimes when the Oilers would like play the LA Kings or the Chicago Blackhawks in the regular season and Drew Doughty, Jonathan Taves, Anze Kopitar get away with like bloody murder because the refs are like, oh, we're not calling that. Like, I think when there's two Canadian teams on the ice, I think the games will be officiated very even. And I think the Oilers could get even more power plays than maybe we're used to. I think the only kind of, and here I am being the eternal optimist and then I'm throwing out a devil's advocate, but the only thing that, that kind of plays into that is that you know, there's going to be lulls. Like they're 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 still human, even if they yeah. are superhuman. Um, so there is going to be times where you know they're going to come up against Toronto, and and Leon will have to be called on. Whereas Connor is usually the guy that that goes ahead and goes supernova in those games. So it it'll be interesting to see, just because it's going to be a grind of a season against those same teams, and they're going to have the book written on you too. You know, so it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch both ways. I think it's going to be interesting to see because. Um, playing this many games against the same teams over and over again, it's going to allow coaches more time and opportunity to make adjustments that they wouldn't normally do. If you only like, you only see Montreal twice in a year, mm. but now if you're going to play them eight times in a year, that's going to make a big difference in terms of how they play each other. And Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong. The top four from each division look like they're going to be making the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's kind of uh, I think that's kind of the plan here. Here's my counterpoint to that, Bag Milk is when you're playing the same teams over and over again, and when you're playing probably a lot of games against the same teams in a tight, tight schedule, I think skill might become even more important. I think guys are going to get tired. The hockey might get slow by that third game and fourth night, and that could allow McDavid and Dreisaitl's skill to, to shine through even more potentially. Well, and I also think that, just to boost you a little bit here, I think that that's also an important reason why it was, or, uh, that's why it was so important that Ken Holland added some skill depth to the top nine mm-hmm. for those tired matchups where maybe Connor and Leon have been playing a lot and it'd be nice for uh, Tyler Ennis or Kyle Torres or anybody, Dominic Cahoon, to chip in with some goals that maybe otherwise they wouldn't have come from last year, right? Yeah. Dan, when you look at playing the Canadian teams over and over again, do you think it's going to be a, do you think it's beneficial to play the same teams over and over in terms of like, coming up with a game plan or do you think it's going to be more difficult i think i think it you know it's gonna it's definitely gonna come down to the coach that you have in place and we have one of the we have one of the top coaches in canada i would say um you know for for tenure at least uh and and Tippett has traditionally been able to show that he can he can change his team style when need be uh even though he's more of a, a defensive guy we've seen you know we've seen offensive flourishes from this team so so i think that that plays into it but i think that um the other the other kind of element that that we're not we're not really talking about enough i think is that it's going to be firing up because you're going to have some rivalry games there's going to be a lot more rivalry games a lot more emotional games 
between the Leafs, the the Canucks, and the Flames, a guy like Jujar Kara, this is prime season for him to become that player that he was two years ago and be able to kind of realize his potential. So, and a guy like Cassian too, you know, get that fire in that in his belly and and be able to to really kind of lay it on thick to these teams. It's you know it, that's it's it, it's only good things for this team going forward that maybe other teams don't necessarily have that same physical element that the Oilers possess on the bottom the bottom of their roster. Rick, I want to give you the last word on it. You watch a ton of football, whereas, you know, coaching can make a lot of difference in terms of tactics going against another team. Do you think it's a benefit or a hindrance for the Oilers to be playing the same team over and over again? I mean, both sides are in the same boat, but do you think it makes it easier or more difficult? Uh, you know what? I actually think it's going to be the condensed little mini tournaments. Like if they're doing like baseball series, that's mm-hmm. going to be the uh, more important factor rather than just playing a team you, you always play. I mean, that's, you end up doing that all the time, right? So you're kind of used to that. But yeah, no, seeing them play three and five or, you know, something like some um, condensed that we're not used to, I think that's when you're going to see the, the differences uh, really pop up and the speed and the skill that the Oilers have. I think that, you know, it really gives them a, a benefit against some of these other teams. Looking just around the league, uh, I mean, the easy answer would be the most difficult uh, matchup for the Oilers might be the, the Leafs as an example, but if, in your opinion, uh, Rick, you're already shaking your head. Who's the most difficult matchup in the Alt Canadian Division for the Edmonton Oilers? I don't know. Maybe it's not difficult. Uh, maybe it's not the most difficult. But I think the best team um, that matches up against us would be Vancouver. Um, I'm a little bit suspect on their goaltending, but if he's done what he's done in the past, that could be you know that could be a big part of it. Um, Calgary, I, just, I honestly think they've slipped back a little bit. Toronto's right there with us. I honestly, it's to me. There's the three teams in Canada: um, us, Vancouver, and Toronto. And then, you know, half a rung down is kind of everybody else. I think it's going to be a battle of those three teams. Mister Nation, Dan, looking around the Canadian division, all Canadian division. Who do you see as the most difficult matchup for the Oilers? I think we lost Dan. Very interesting, Dan. I'll step in here, though, and and I'll go ahead and say I'm not too, too worried about the Vancouver Canucks. I think that's a team that maybe took a bit of a step back during uh, the offseason. The Flames concern me a little bit. The Leafs certainly do because they have the high-end skill to, you know, maybe on a game-to-game basis, they could outproduce McDavid and Dreisaitl, right? If all of Marner, Matthews, Nylander, and Tavares are going, there could be some high-scoring games there. So their firepower worries me a bit. And I still, I'm still worried about the Winnipeg Jets. I, I think they could still go get a veteran guy like Travis Hamanuk, shore up that blue line a little bit. That top six is really good. They got Stastny, who's still a capable, you know, NHL centerman. Connor Hellebuck's the reigning Vesna winner as well. So the Jets are a team who I don't think is getting talked about enough here, and they'd concern me. Dan, I saw you pop back. Do you have a who's the most difficult matchup for the Oilers this year? Well, I was uh, thank you, Bag Milk. I was checking out Daily Faceoff's Twitter, and I forgot that I left myself on mute. But Daily Faceoff did just put out the uh, teams' percentages, the Canadian teams' percentages versus each other, and uh, Vancouver had the worst percentage at point three three. The Oilers were sitting at five hundred against Canadian teams last year. Uh, and then the Montreal Canadiens and the Winnipeg Jets were actually the best two teams in the Canadian division, uh, according to records against each other. So I, I've i gone on record as saying I think the Winnipeg Jets are a one-goalie team, and that's that's pretty much it. And so that's always, that's always worrisome, though, for the Oilers because we tend to bring the best out in goalie sometimes. So, uh, so that's an issue. But I think 
the, 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 the toughest matchup for us is always going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're just, they're the, they're the best team on paper in this division. Um, you know, and, and then they have the Eastern media bias to push them even further. So yeah, I, I think you got to worry about Toronto. Um, I don't necessarily agree with Rick on the, on the Vancouver thing. I think they've taken a step back. Um, Calgary is just kind of stagnant, which we had trouble with Calgary last year too. So, um, it, yeah, I, but I think Toronto is the is the benchmark that you're measuring yourself against this year. Just to wrap this up quickly, Dan made an interesting point. It actually, I think the Oilers, the most difficult matchup they're going to have this year is the Flames. And I don't think it's necessarily because of skill on skill, but I think that if they get pulled into shenanigans against the Flames, um, that could get them in trouble. I mean, we went down for a nation road trip down to Calgary in one of the fun games last year where... Um, Cassian kind of dummied Kachuk and he turtled and we released the shirt, that whole thing. But the Oilers lost that game because they were not disciplined towards the end of it. And for me, that's why I think Calgary is going to be an interesting matchup, especially when you got to play them eight, nine times or whatever this schedule turns out to be. It's going to be interesting. Canadian division, we're going to be talking about it all year. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. All of it. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I want to know who you think the Oilers' most difficult matchup is. Hit us up on social, ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We will include some of your thoughts in next week's episode. Before I wrap up this segment, real quick, another way too early points prediction. My boy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Last Mm. year, he was at .94 points per game. He had a horrible start to the year. October, November, very quiet for him. And then he went on a heater to close out the season, one of the most productive wingers in the NHL. Simple question for you guys. Is this the first year Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a point-per-game player for the Edmonton Oilers, seeing as we've already got him slotted in with either Connor or Leon on the wing? I'm going to start with Rick. Can my boy finally be a point-per-game player in the NHL, Rick? You're down straight, he can. Of course you can. That's the answer I wanted. Dan? Yeah. yeah, Yes. I mean, it's, you know, like we've kind of talked about it already with a depth conversation, and so yeah, he's he's going to be on one of those top two lines probably all year. So he's either with he's either with McDavid or Drysaddle. So yeah, I'd say he's he's definitely going to become a point per game player this year. I'm actually I'm going to say yes, he will. I'm going to say he's going to be an even point per game player. Again, last year he was a point nine points per game player. Tyler, wrap it up, Nuge. I can't. Oh, sorry, my mic cut out there. Uh, I can't say it's going to be a lock by any means, but I think he can certainly do it when you look at how talented that top six is going to be and the opportunities he's going to get. So I, I say it's certainly possible. Would I bet on it? Maybe not, but I, but I think if there's a year he's going to do it, it's going to be in a 56-game season when he gets to spend the entire year riding shotgun with either 97 or 29. And, I mean, if that power play can even be, you know, 80% as good as it was last year, then you're just going to get his points. Um, changing gears entirely, we uh, reordered things a little bit. It is time for the Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week. Of course, it is time to winterize your vehicle. Our friends at Sherwood Ford out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta, are here to help. Whether you need new tires, some service, maybe you just want to put some money down on a brand new Bronco, I encourage you to do that with our friends at Sherwood Ford. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram, Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. Mr. Tyler Remchuk, what is our giant question of the week? The giant question of the week is centered around one Evan Bouchard. And it's where do you think the best spot for Bouchard to play this season is? And let me set up the, the question a little bit here. 
with the border restrictions that are currently in place, it will be hard to have Bouchard playing down in Bakersfield, California, and then just call him up on a whim. You know, a player goes down, you need Bouchard in a couple days, you just bring him up from the AHL. It's going to be really, really hard to do that. So what should the Oilers do? Should they just say, you know what? He's not one of our three best right shot defensemen. We have Barry, we have Bear, and we have Adam Larson. The best way, the best thing for Bouchard's development is to play him all year in the American Hockey League. Or do they bring him up to the NHL level? And yeah, maybe he's not playing every night and maybe he'll only get into 10 or 20 games in the regular season, but he'll get to play NHL games and he'll get to be around the NHL team. So, so where do you think would be the best spot for Bouchard next season? Mr. Nation, Dan, I'm looking at you at the top of my screen. What do you think about Evan Bouchard? By the way, dad had a great November stash. Mm-hmm. He looked fantastic. Yep. The uh, the the answer, I think, just comes down to who's the GM right now. If we were talking about this two years ago, three years ago, absolutely. He's he's on the Black Aces squad. He's skating with those guys and, and waiting to get his shot, and he'd do just fine, I think, in spot duty. But I think with Ken Holland as a GM, he's not taking any chances with a guy that's almost ready to be, you know, an NHL you know, NHL everyday player. Uh, I think he tries to find Bouchard a place to play consistently. And if that means that they have to wait two weeks to get him called up, so be it. I think he's, I think he's going to get Bouchard as many minutes as he can on the ice. Uh, Rick, what do you think about Evan Bouchard right now? He's playing over in the all and he's got six goals, 11 assists, 17 points in 23 games. He's doing fine over there. What do you think for Mr. Evan Bouchard? Have we heard anything about the AHL, first of all? Believed to be like a 40-some game season starting in like February, I think. is is That's what they're targeting, but it's not exactly confirmed. And when does the Osvenskan uh, League usually end? I could not tell you that, honestly. Because <laughs> okay, I honestly think that uh, if I were GM, I think I'd leave him where he is for now. Okay. Um, regardless of what happens in the AHL, uh, I'm... I guess I'd, have, I'd want to know more about what that what's happening in AHL and what their kind of what their um, their guidelines are for everything. I just don't see that working very well down there. So I just leave him where he is right now. And I think if he was done in March or whatever, then you bring him over here and you reassess. You can put him back down at that point, or you can uh, sprinkle him in for some games and let him uh, with the black aces, and, and you just kind of bring him in slowly. But I think you just leave him where he is for now instead of rushing him down to Bakersfield because there. Uh, if you're bringing them across, if you needed them, it's pretty much the same amount of time. So I just don't see any point in uh, shaking up his season. Tyler, what do you think? I'm going to disagree with both of you guys. I think he should absolutely be one of the black aces. I think he should be around the NHL team for the entire season. Uh, my, my thought process for this is he, he was great at the AHL level last year. And does he really have anything left to prove there? Yeah, probably on the defensive side of his game, maybe there is room to grow. Maybe playing 20 minutes a night down there would be good for him. But... He's been playing 20-some-odd games. I think he's played 23 games in the Osvenskin. He's gotten reps in game action in a developmental league this year. So I'm considering that. I'm considering the fact that he is their fourth-best right-shot defenseman. And if you're trying to win this year, I want my fourth-best right-shot defenseman on the roster and available to play whenever I need him. The last thing I'll add is, if a defenseman goes down with an injury, even if it's short-term, If you're playing three games in four nights, I highly doubt all three of your defensemen are going to consistently play all three of those games in four nights. Someone's going to block a shot and need a game off. Someone's going to, you know, tweak their shoulder and need to sit for a couple days. 
I want Bouchard there ready to go. And I honestly think that with the condensed schedule, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to play. Like I said, I think he can get into like 15 or 20 games this year without any defenseman having a major injury. Just like I said, guys blocking shots and going down and him needing to fill in quickly. I think practicing against NHL players, there is some value in that as well. So I want my fourth best right shot defenseman up with the big club. And at this point in Bouchard's development, I think I would prioritize, you know, 20 NHL games over 44 American League games, especially when you consider he's had 20 plus games in the Osvenskin already. I'm going to wrap this up by agreeing with Tyler, actually. I think they should bring Bouchard over as quickly as they can. It kind of, it, I was actually the most surprised with Rick's answer because I thought this would kind of be close to the Kaylor Yamamoto situation from last year where he got the first half of the year in a developmental league. But for my, for me, my biggest concern is injury. I just, I don't know that Adam Larson's back is going to be able to handle a full year. There's going to be somebody on that right side banged up eventually. And who who's who's who would be the other option, I guess. I mean, I think Bouchard should come over. That's just my thoughts on their league. Those leagues over there usually end in March though, right? You see guys come across all the time. So if yep. you if he came across a month, you know, six weeks into the season, that's kind of giving them, you know, that first you know, let them finish the year over there and then in six weeks you've got a guy who, you know, you can you can sprinkle in. Hopefully you won't need him before that. Obviously, there's a lot of hopefully that you know those top three or whoever number seven is that we're bringing in um, is able to handle the spot duty. But uh, yeah, I think being here for the last half of our season, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, so there's a toss up between leaving him over there and then bringing him over at the end of the season or bringing him right over. And I figured that he's probably not going to see a lot of ice at the very beginning, so why not just leave him there for a little bit? It's 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 weird, right? Because like. Normally, right now, Evan Bouchard would be in the AHL, and if the Oilers needed him, he just pops on a flight and comes up, and away we go. But now there's you got to think of quarantines, you got to think of uh, international flights, and it's going to be. And I also think it's going to be interesting to see that we're going to get our answer probably sooner than later because this is a tweet from Gregor yesterday. Hearing the Oilers will use Nate Arena to start training camp with the World Juniors in town. Also, that Holland would like players in town by the twenty third. During the playoff restart, some players arrived at the last moment, and a few weren't in peak condition. He does not want a repeat of that. So here we are today on the 11th. The 23rd is less than two weeks away, so we're going to get an answer here soon. When do they get the vaccines over where he is? Like if he got the va- let's just say like it's England and they get it and they get it sooner than the rest of us. Um, let's say he gets the vaccine. Is he then? Does he still have to quarantine when oh, he yeah. comes over? Because just because you have the vaccine, you can still be carrying it or whatever, right? I'm not a doctor, but I, I don't think the vaccine suddenly makes you not have to quarantine. Yeah, right. As of right now, if you get the vaccine, you're going to have to wear a mask continuously because your body can fight off the virus, and it's telling your body to fight the virus off. But you could still be carrying it and projecting it to other people. And is this and is wherever he's at? Is that in in coordinates with the with the whole Calgary um, thing where it's only a two day quarantine and a couple high speed tests, and if everything goes well, you're out in two days. And you know what? That's actually the one thing I didn't really consider, I guess, Rick, is that if Bouchard's in Bakersfield and he can fly up through Calgary, I believe McDavid did that, and I believe some Oilers employees were doing that as well, where they went through the Calgary airport, did the rapid test, and only had to quarantine for whatever it is, like three or four days. So maybe that's a way for the Oilers to get their American League prospects up here quicker than than maybe I was thinking in my answer, but um, still. But I mean, also- just- Sorry, go ahead, Dan. 
there's also the element that we don't know, the unknown that we don't know, which is there's still a bunch of free agents out there. And there's still guys that they could potentially bring in, especially if they're talking. Well, especially if they're talking about, they're talking about. I've heard mention, you know, the push for um, forgiving one salary this year, like all kinds of wild things that could change the the whole financial structure of everything. And then you could sign a guy that, like a Jan Ruda or a Madison Bowie or a Slater. Wouldn't we know about this already? Wouldn't have been announced in the whole. Yeah, so that's the interesting thing. Is there's talk I was to Dan's point of like maybe tagging a franchise player for this upcoming season. So could you imagine just being able to tag Connor as a franchise player and open up 12 million bucks? Well, it might even, it might be something where they, they say the franchise tag is only for available for people from like five to $8 million or something weird like that. What's this franchise tag then? Because it's not like footballs. It's the, no, it's just, it's a push by, by agents and players to say like teams are going to need the ability to have more players on their roster and some teams are already beyond above the cap right so yeah. it's uh it's it's just a it's a it's a proposal right now it's not anything that's been agreed to but we don't know if that happens and if that does happen i bet you anything that ken holland goes out and tries to sign his own taxi squad worth of players i mean i'm not holding my breath on the uh on the franchise tag but like it no, is sure. interesting because according to puckpedia.com uh they tweeted this out yesterday 11 teams are currently over the cap right now. So that's a problem. That's a problem. And we're one of them. Are we not? Are we not uh, 800 grand over? Might yep. be, yeah. yeah, we're uh, or 89, now, 89. Sorry, we're negative yeah, 89, according to Puckpedia. Yeah, just a shade under 90,000. But that's still without Ethan Barrett. Yeah, but book, well, so. that's fair. But I mean, you can boot um, yeah, Chase on down to the AHL. And uh, oh, yeah, you can do that too. But you can put Chase on down to the uh and save a 1.1 1. 1 or something like that as well. Yeah. yeah, and like to Tyler's point, you could do a paper transaction with Yamamoto, so that gets Clutbomb off the books, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, which is probably going to happen. But I wonder how far out we are, just speaking of Ethan Bear, because I'm actually really surprised that here we are on December 11th, and he still doesn't have a contract. Is anybody else surprised by that, or is it just kind of a product of the situation that both sides were still arguing and pissing about money? I Yeah, I think just it's a product of them not really knowing how the season was going to look, and now that they kind of have an outline... I'm sure that once Ken Holland takes care of a bunch of other necessary business, then the Ethan Bear contract will get taken care of. He doesn't have Arbright's, so like there really isn't too much of a negotiation here. Like they, I, I'd imagine it's splitting hairs. Uh, so I, I bet you the deal gets done, whatever, maybe around Christmas, just after Christmas, like a couple days before camp opens. But they're not arguing right now, are they? I, I no. haven't heard anything, right? No. no, no, no okay, let's figure out. We'll talk when we, once we know what the, what the hell's going on here. Exactly. It's just, to me, it's just a, there's a question mark about the pandemic. There's a question mark about financials. You might as well just wait until you can, until you can cross those T's and dot those I's and know exactly where you are. Because like Tyler said, it, there's no negotiation, rights. There's nothing, there's nothing really for him to, uh, to push back on. And then, and then he goes and makes his big smoke next year. I mean, he, if he really wanted, he could, he could sit out, I guess, but I just can't see I can't foresee no. that. Why would you sit out? Yeah. Yeah, there's, I just can't see that happening. But like, you know, let's. I would just. I'm looking forward to getting him done. I'm. I'm still thinking that it's going to be a one year contract. Um, hey, we still got to sign 93, man. Well, that's exactly it too. He needs a. He needs an extension. Ryan Adrian Hopkins going into the last year of his seven year deal signed way back in the day. Now it seems like. Can you believe this was already new? Just tenth year in the league. It's insane. It is fucking bananas that this is going into his tenth season. Unreal. 
Like we are now on, on bag milk. This might make you cry, but we are on the back nine of his career. I know, man. I know it's weird. I was thinking about that not not with Nuge specifically the other day, but um, you know how in the off season everybody does those like filler things. Like if you were to start a franchise right now, who would you pick? And then I saw people being like, "Well, why not Crosby? Why not Crosby?" Well, if you think about it, fucking Sid's in his mid thirties now, yeah. and that's the weird one for me because. Sidney Crosby's draft year was, I was like 19 or whatever when he was drafted. So that's, that one's a weird one for me. Seeing a guy that yeah. was like the next one into the, the back half Seeing of his, his career, career. That's very bizarre. It's yeah. fucking weird. Same with Ovi, man. Even yeah. when he went salt and pepper, I was like, oh shit. Salt and pepper Ovi? Watch out. Salt and pepper Ovi's um, been a great Ovi still, though. Oh, he's fantastic. Again, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago where. He's one of the saddest parts of all this missed hockey that we've had over the last few seasons because who knows how many goals he would have actually ended his career with. The guy is, without a question, in my opinion, the best goal scorer that this league has had in a long, long time. Going back to our points prediction, though, now that I'm wondering, who do you think scores more goals this year, McDavid or Dreisaitl? The easier answer is probably Dreisaitl because he's more of a shooter, but is that necessarily the case? How about McDavid training a little with Austin Matthews? Maybe some of that goal-scoring prowess from uh, number 34 in Toronto will rub off on McDavid. Maybe that's why he went. He was like, Austin, listen, teach me how to score more goals. Listen, if Connor could add Austin Matthews' release to his repertoire, he would be fucking unstoppable. Yeah, He would be one of the most devastating players this league has ever seen, and he already he was, is that. He would still have to use it, though. Oh, and yeah, that's what do. Like, I do think a part of it. That he's got a ridiculous shot too, and he just doesn't yep. really use it as often. If McDavid sat down and just focused one whole offseason on like, I'm going to figure out ways to score more. And just during the year committed to like, I'm just going to try score. Scoring is going to be priority number one. I bet you he'd score 50. Well, that's, we were just talking about Sid, and he challenged himself at the end of the 2008-2009 season that he wanted to score more goals. The mm-hmm. next season, 2009-2010, he came up top 51 and got the, uh, and got the Rocker Retard uh, trophy. So it's doable. I wouldn't put anything past a player like Connor because I would love, wouldn't it have been great? Like I know last year we had the Whatever It Takes documentary about his recovery, and everybody was like, holy shit, this guy's work ethic is insane. Could you imagine just being able to fly on the wall to see what he's been working on this entire time? Yeah. Be crazy. He's like, I want to be faster. And he's like, how is that possible, Connor? You're already the fastest man on earth. And he's like, no, I can do better. More. I can't wait. Another one. Another one is right. Speaking of McDavid, he's back in town. Tyson Berry's back in town. Uh, Hanson Tom putting those out there. I love seeing that the guys are just here early for the voluntary workouts. Does that get you excited when you see that the boys are kind of uniting? They're playing at Rogers Place. Tyler, what is, what is that like for you? Like, you, you love not? hockey. Yeah, like, I mean, again, I, I would watch a live stream right now just of what they're kind of doing on the ice. I it It's good, man. It's starting to feel like, like when hockey's on, there's just that sense of normalcy, right? And even like, even during the summer, even though there weren't fans in the stands and all that, like that two hours when you can sit down and just watch the Oilers play, have a few drinks, everyone's active on Twitter. It feels like, I know this is going to sound weird, but it feels like the good old days, right? And the guys showing up to the rink now, we're getting close to training camp, all that. It's starting to feel like we're inching a little closer to the good old days, and I love it. Rick, what about you? Boys are back in town. Yeah, it just feels like that's what you have to do in order to get the season going. So it just feels like we're at step one or maybe step two now, but we're, we're moving forward. And uh, 
I guess you just like hope that the, the worst is behind us and then the season's just around the corner now. Dan, you getting excited? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I mentioned it there with when they announced the season was, you know, potentially coming back on December the 13th. You got that little blip of, of Oilers Twitter and a hockey Twitter where the rivalry started sparking up again. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a little sense of normalcy that the, the, the bubble hockey was fine. And, you know, it gave us, it gave us a, a little satiation of our, of our desires, but I think this is going to be, this is going to be even better. Changing gears a little bit, talking about normalcy, the world juniors are set to kick off here in Edmonton in a couple of weeks today, just this morning, Dylan Holloway was named to team Canada's roster. That's pretty good. Oilers first round pick from this past season. Um, Tyler, was there any surprise that Holloway made the team for you? No, not at all. I think, you know, 14th overall pick last year, he was kind of a shoe in. I think what he brings and maybe the reason he made it and a guy like Jarvis didn't end up making it is Holloway has that defensive responsibility and he can also play the wing. He can play center. He's a good penalty killer. Like he brings a complete game that not a lot of young prospects do. And I think that's going to make him a valuable part of this team Canada. Rick, as you start to, uh, you and I are starting to get a little bit older here. Do you still get as fired up about the World Juniors as you used to? I do, um, but it's usually the ones that are in Europe, the ones where, you know, they're weird times, and it's just, I don't know, it's a little extra something to your day that you're not used to. So uh, as much as I love this, and, you know, without being without having any fans there, it's going to probably take away a, a little bit of the excitement just because you can't go there, you can't go cheer anywhere, you're pretty much watching by yourself in your in your living room. So there's going to be a little bit, uh, the atmosphere is not really going to be there, but it's still fun to watch. In fact, we have a player um, representing Team Canada who is, um, hopefully as as good and as important as he needs to be adds, adds to it as well. So yeah, it'll be fun to watch. But I, I there's something watching at 4 o'clock in the morning that's something both fun about the World Juniors. I, I will say this, Rick, with it being all held at Rogers Place, we're pretty much going to get all-day games, right? Like games are probably going to be starting at like, what, noon our time? And then they'll run all day, maybe even earlier than noon. So that'll be kind of point. fun, right? Yeah, you make a good point there. We'll have that much time on our hands. So, yeah, I have no problem sitting back watching that. What's going on right now? I don't know. Is it just me and Rick? Rick, I think it's just me and you right now. My bag I can hear, I, oh, bag milk's oh, glitching out. Dan's back. All I'm right. here. I mean, I'm here. I'm here. Ty, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> World Juniors, I'm excited about it. Uh, I think I think for me, I, there was definitely like a a more palpable excitement when I was, when I was a little bit younger and, you know, around those guys age more. So, um, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to criticize them as much just because they are kids now to me. Um, so, so there's that element, but you still enjoy it. You love watching a team, you know, put on the Canadian sweater and and play with pride and and excitement there. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely something that I think it's, it's like post high school, into university kind of like prime prime yeah. watching time but now it's just kind of cheering for canada happy to be there but if it, if they don't win you understand they're still kids and, and you get it the drama at the tournament's always amazing too right just because they yep. are like the mistake filled hockey the high scoring games and i think canada will have some seriously high scoring games when you compare their goaltending to maybe some other teams but also the forwards they have the drama at that tournament's always great too it is great, and you t- you touched on something, Tyler, that I really enjoy about the World Juniors. Is they don't play perfect hockey. Yeah, it's not uncommon at the World Juniors tournament to see a four-one lead swing the other way with some wild sequences. So, 
I still love it. I, I'm with Dan, though. When I was in high school, we used to watch every game together. We would all get together as a crew, watch the World Juniors. is a little bit different. But I still enjoy it. I think it's fun. But also, I'm with Rick in the sense that it's fun to get up at like 6 in the morning and start drinking beers just because of the World Juniors on. It gives you an excuse. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to making an announcement here, Tyler. Do you have like some kind of breaking news button that you can hit? Uh, no, actually we probably, yeah. see if we were an organized <laughs> podcast, what we would have done is planned something for this announcement. I got like, I got like played like the world juniors theme or something. Oh, Hold on. Let me really see if I can bring it up. It. We've got what, what kind of buttons you got here for some breaking news. Let's hit me some, some options here. Oh, you know, I'll take that. That <laughs> Uh, we just signed a deal with hockey Canada to help them promote the 50, 50 throughout the world juniors tournament. We are a city that loves our 50-50, so we stepped up and said, yes, Hockey Canada, we can help you push the 50-50. And what they've given us for the help is we're going to be giving away some signed Team Canada jerseys. They've got all the boys signing them. We've got four to give away. Two are going to go out on Oilers Nation on Twitter, at Oilers Nation on Twitter, and two are going to go out on Flames Nation, at Flames Nation on Twitter. So that's pretty cool. Hockey Canada is giving us some jerseys to give away, so you're going to see some contesting coming up during the tournament. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to watch Dylan Holloway. I'm excited to give somebody a new Team Canada jersey for Christmas. Who doesn't want that, Tyler? You look great now. I know. And actually, those jerseys they got for this year are pretty sweet as well. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say, we haven't talked enough about Philip Broberg. That guy, I mean, Broberg was good in last year's tournament. He is hoping Sweden gets through and all their COVID stuff is, is able to get sorted out here, but... Broberg's going to be one of the best players at this tournament. He's going to be, well, first of all, he's having himself a season in the, in the SHL in general. Uh, he's taken a, he's taken a sizable leap forward. I'm actually going to be hooking up from, with Ufe from elite prospects to do kind of a, another interview series on him because he's got a chance to watch a couple of his games and he says he's pretty impressive. So in 23 games so far with Galestia, he's got two goals and six assists for eight points, um, which is already, he already matched his totals from last year and half the amount of games. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him at the World Juniors as well. Just, well, I mean, hopefully. Right. Um, another thing I want to talk about just while we're talking about prospects, how could we not mention the heater that Carter Savoy is on right now? Carter Savoy with the University of Denver is just, he cannot stop scoring goals. He scored another one yesterday. And Tyler, you watched him a lot when he was with the Crusaders. I know we talked about him a little bit after the draft, but is this a surprise to you that so far he's already got six goals in five games for the University of Denver? All he does is score goals, so it doesn't surprise me when I see Carter Savoy score goals. I mean, if you count the playoffs and preseason, I probably watched him score like 100 goals at the AJHL level. But the fact he's adapted to college hockey this quickly, it's surprising. And I do think, you know, remember, he still is a 100th overall pick, so you want to temper expectations a little bit. But a lot of draft experts, Scott Wheeler, Bob McKenzie's list, they had that guy as a second rounder. And the fact he fell to the Oilers when he did, I said it at the time. I said it was criminal that he's falling that low. And I got hit with, oh, you're just being a homer because you cover the AJHL and his skating isn't good, his conditioning, his work ethic. People threw out a bunch of bullshit excuses. And it was people who didn't watch him play as much as I did. And that's what was frustrating is people were like, oh, he's lazy. His body language is bad. And it's like, one, it's not. Two, he knows how to fucking score goals, man. He puts the puck in the back of the net. What else, what more do you want from a winger? He scores goals. And I can't believe he fell as far as he did. It's been great watching him score the way he has here. And uh, the Oilers, like, it's not very often you can say this, 
If they redid that draft, which just happened in October, he doesn't make it to 100th overall. If they redid it today, I bet you he's a second or a third round pick already. Like he should have so, been. The people that were talking about um, fitness and skating, is that, a, is that a legitimate issue that he can work through here as he gets through his NCAA career? Or is that something that's overblown in your opinion? I, I think both can be correct. I think it's something that's absolutely overblown. It clearly doesn't hinder his game at all. Um, but, you know, there are moments where you watch him play where you kind of, you know, turn your head to the side and go, ah, okay, maybe he could have done something different there. I mean, when you look at him, he doesn't come off as like an absolute physical specimen, right? Like he's a little bit shorter. Um, throughout his AJHL career, there were never like concerns about his weight or anything like that, though, partially because he was the best player on the ice most of the time and he scored as many goals as he did. So I think like with all prospects, there's a certain physical maturity that he's probably going to go through between now and when he eventually looks to make the leap to the pro levels. But I don't think there are conditioning problems in his game or anything like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. Does this sound eerily similar to the kind of things that Phil Kessel hears? I think so. And again, like people love to be like, oh, Phil Kessel's fat. Ha ha. And it's like, okay, well, he's fat, but he probably should have won a con Smythe one year with the Penguins, and he's one of the best goal scorers of the last 10 years in the NHL, so you can call him fat, but he's going to score on you twice. Well, and, like, one of the things that I've seen with his highlights, especially, like, yesterday there was the one uh, that he missed on just after he scored his, his goal yesterday. Um, it's like It looks like it's instincts to me with that kid. Like, he just he knows where to pick his shots and where he can be lethal. Like, the goalie thought he was going around the net. All of a sudden, the puck was behind the goalie, and he just barely kept it out of the net. And there's just so much deception in his game, too. And I wrote an article right after he was drafted, and I went back and I pulled some goals from his junior career. And there are moments where he comes into the offensive zone, and a guy with as good of a shot as he has, sometimes you see them get trigger-happy, right? They just want to freaking shoot from everywhere and get 12 shots a game. But he's not like that. Like Coming into junior, he always said he was a better passer. He viewed himself as a playmaker when he started his junior career, and that quickly changed because he was told how good his shot was. But... He still has that in his game where he has this patience where he'll come into the zone and you'll go, okay, there's a lane for him to shoot. But then he doesn't take it and he makes a cut to the outside and there's a defenseman stick in the lane and you go, okay, he's going to take this shot. And then he waits again and he goes even more to the outside. And by the time he makes that second or that third delay, like the goalie's out of position, there's defensemen all over the place in the slot. Like his ability to be patient and his his ability to read defenses and goalies, like it's something that shone through at the AJHL level and clearly it's coming through at the NCAA level. Rick, do you remember a time when we've been this, or there's fans in general, have been this excited about a fourth round pick this quickly? Because I can't. I was going to say probably every summer. I mean, it doesn't matter who we pick. We usually get behind them and see a little glimpses here and there that we maybe put a, a magnifying glass to make them a little more important. But I think this is, this is good. You've seen a player who excelled in one league He's taken the step to the next league, and he continue, continues to excel. So um, maybe there's a little more to getting behind this guy than there is some of the other guys we, we've got, we've jumped on board for before. So it looks good, but um, I'm just going to sit back and continue to watch and continue to hope that he just keeps getting better. Well, and to that point, too, Bag Milk, I think you know you, you point out something that I think is really important is the fact that we are hockey-starved as a fan base. And so we've got some prospects playing in leagues that they would be playing in whether we whether hockey was going on or not NHL wise, but we're able to focus in on this stuff. And and when we see Carter Savoy's name come up on the on the ticker, we we're paying attention more so than maybe we were if 
Connor McDavid had just got three goals last night and, you know, and we're watching that. It might just be a nice little footnote, but now we're like, yes, when can Carter Savoy start playing the wing with Connor <laughs> McDavid? It's the only <laughs> hockey highlights we get right now is Carter Savoy goals. Yeah. But you know what, Carter, you're making life great right now. Love what you're doing down with the Pioneers in Denver. Here's hoping that he can keep filling the net down in the NCAA. But importantly, as everybody here has mentioned, this is just the start of his NCAA career. This is a prospect we're going to be watching for years. He's not going to be a pro anytime soon. So let's just enjoy him for what he is right now because there are no guarantees. But early on, he is looking very, very good. Uh, Tyler, it's time to get your buttons ready. Okay. We are looking to do the Tourism Jasper hot and cold performers. We are welcoming our friends from Tourism Jasper back to the podcast. Uh, go further. Discover more adventure beyond the land, water, and air experiences in Jasper this winter. Jay was just out at Marmot Basin last weekend. He said the skiing was fantastic. The snow was great. And if you want to do something socially distanced, head on out to Jasper and enjoy the national park that we have in this wonderful province. Um, as we do every week, we're going to start with our veggies. It is the cold performer of the week. I'm looking at Dan. He's at the top of my screen. Nation Dan, your tourism Jasper, cold performer of the week. Yeah, Dan, you're going to want to go ahead and unmute yourself. You're a big guy. <laughs> Dan, Dan loves me with the mute button. Dan loves me. I, uh, I try typing and then I get to muting. Anyways, uh, some personal that happened to me today. I went for my first ever allergy test and whole oh boy do allergy tests suck. I got uh, 36 pin pricks on each arm and I had about 19 of them turn into uh, hives and or worse. So uh, allergy tests is my cold for more of the week. Question. What was uh, the worst reaction? What's the, what's number one on Dan's allergy list? Uh, pine trees and another type of tree. And flames two different fans. trees. Oh, maple trees. Very Canadian of me. Maple trees. Does that and mean flames. you're not allowed to have syrup? Uh, no, maple syrup doesn't bother me, but the tree absolutely freaking does. So you couldn't go full blue from Jungle Book and rub your back on a tree no. to get those itches? No, that makes it more itchy. All right. Uh, Rick, your Tourism Jasper Cold Performer of the Week. Well, you know, this, we're going to take this one like last Sunday, and it's, it's in football, and it's a horrible, horrible performance. Though I won't lie, I definitely sat back and enjoyed it, laughed, smiled, and I know Tyler did the same thing. But this one goes out to the New York Jets. You are, I think they were 0-11 at the time. They were up. They were winning. Finally, they are about to get their first win of the season. Ball's right around midfield, six, seven seconds left. They call a blitz. Dude beats them from behind, score the touchdown with no time left. I do believe this uh, actually may have won Tyler some money as uh, Oakland just snuck into the... Uh, the teaser. The, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. It snuck in there. So <laughs> no, this goes out to the New York Jets because that was awfully embarrassing. Are you thrilled? I'm not. I was. <laughs> Tyler, your Tourism Jasper, cold from the week. Ah, I struggled on which way to go with this, but I, I was proud of myself for getting all my holiday shopping done, like, really early. I'm usually the kind of guy where, like, 22nd of December, I'm driving home from work being like, oh, shit, I got, like, three more things to buy. I better run to the mall. This year, I was good. Got ahead of the curve, got everything done, sat down last night to wrap them. I hate wrapping paper, and I don't want to be lazy and just put it in a bag, so I always try to wrap everything nicely. But wrapping paper is beyond frustrating, man. You go and, like, you you have a system down for the first one you wrap, 
And then you go to the next box and it's a slightly different size and like the corners aren't fucking folding properly. And then like <laughs> something on the other side's ripping right as you're putting on the last piece of tape. I hate wrapping paper. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. My ability to wrap stuff is a fucking joke, Lindy Ruff. <laughs> Lindy Ruff would uh, probably agree with that. Um, my Tourism Jasper cold performer of the week uh, this week I've got two. One is going to go the. I would have had a perfect betting weekend myself with a fucking Steelers loss. And then also <laughs> Dan's mute button. Both my Tourism Jasper cult form of the week. Boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I love that button. Uh, flipping the ledger to the bright side of life. I'm going to go from the bottom of my screen. Tyler's at the bottom of the screen. Your Tourism oh, Jasper damn. hot performer of the week. Okay, I have so many that I was going to do. Uh, I was kind of hoping I'd honestly go last, so it, it narrowed down. But I'll go with this one. The, uh, the what's it called? Um, the trailer for the new Mighty Ducks movie came out. <laughs> and uh, I did not have high hopes for this thing because usually remakes are not that good. Uh, but this new Mighty Ducks movie actually looks like it'll be kind of funny. And it actually seems like a decent little movie here. I don't think, you know, it's going to win an Oscar or anything like that. But I think for a hockey fan, you know, it, it reminds me of my childhood. So I'm going to go ahead and give the new Mighty Ducks movie, that trailer they dropped. That's my hot performer of the week. Cash money. Emilio Estevez looking like he's retaining water these days, though. Uh, Rick, your Tourism Jasper hot performer of the week. This may seem a little selfish, but uh, it's going to be me. And let me tell you why. I'm, unfortunately, I'm taking something away from everybody that I'm sure they would have very much enjoyed. But I was able to keep out of the basement in my uh, fantasy football league this year. The <laughs> last, dude, this year has been stressful. Uh, we do, we do the, um, the, you've got to do something bad if you come in last, right? Yeah. So two years ago, 24 hours in Denny. That's last year, dude had to run a half marathon. Oof. This year... Uh, we have decided upon that you have to do a boudoir photo shoot. Oh, gets wow. Tur- gets turned into a calendar. Yes. And then sold with um, all the proceeds going to whatever charity. So, uh, yeah, no, for the last couple of weeks, uh, I was sitting right down there. Then I got up by a couple and I felt pretty good. And then I played the last place guy and he beat me. Then he had another win. Next thing you know, we were tied for last again. So I've been sweating it out. But in the last two weeks, I was able to get up. I'm actually in third last place, I think, to finish it off. But I can sit down and watch football now uh, a little bit nicer because I know that I will not be taking these damn photos. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do two buttons. This one. Yeah! Hot performer, you're fired up. I'm also going to play this one. I'm upset. Because we I don't agree. get the boudoir photo shoot of Rick. I would have loved a boudoir calendar. <laughs> oh, you guys have no idea how stressful that some of these Sundays uh, are. You would have sold some calendars, Rick. You oh, oh buddy, calendars. we could have had one up at Nation HQ. No, I was terrified where they may end up. So, yeah, you no, should have no, sold no, some units. They're not out there. Oh. Yeah, you could have moved You should just do it anyway. Really. <laughs> oh, that's upsetting. That's my cold. That's another cold performer of the week for me is that Rick doesn't have to do a boudoir calendar. Uh, Mr. Nation Dan, your Tourism Jasper hot performer of the week. Well, I mean, we're getting back to hockey season here and we're getting back to hockey. So I think I'm going to give my hot performer to Carter Savoy for his absolutely scorching start to his NCAA career. And you can basically pencil him in for next year on the top line, I think. Carter Savoy, my hot performer of the week. The big guy is smoking hot. The big guy is smoking hot, although he's a, he's an average-sized guy. My 
Tourism Jasper Hot Performer of the Week goes to Nation Citizen Nicholas Jolie for the for the Oilers Nation version of the jerseys he made for us. Uh, there's a home, there's an away, there's an all black one that really looks murdered out that I loved it. I thought they were really cool. And when he sent me those, I was just like, Oh man, these are the best. So go follow his account outline design dot sports on Instagram. We also posted it on nation underscore O N Nicholas Joe Lee, your Oilers nation Jersey concepts, my hot performer of the week. He's a hot guy. He is a hot guy. You would look hot. Man, I really wish I could get one of those black jerseys because they look great. They're sick. Um, and there we have it. Another edition of Hot and Cold Performers. I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the Giants, GetTheDish.ca, Cornerstone Insurance, and Tourism Jasper for making this all possible. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. And I want to thank Nation Dan's mute button for working when he actually presses it and remembers because he had some excellent takes that we just didn't get to hear. I also want to congratulate the boys for being back in town and you for being very, very handsome and continuing on with that mustache, Mr. Tyler Remchuk. You look great. Before we started recording the podcast today, he was twisting it while he was deep in thought and he was pulling those three hairs together and rubbing them around. And it looked it's real a, nice. It's addicting, man. You get a full yeah. beard there. You're playing with that thing all the time. You lose it. And next thing you go, you go to play and there's nothing there. And it takes a good week to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Rude. Tyler, I hope you keep that thing straight through until 2021 because I feel like you look great. From all of us at Oilers Nation Radio, this is episode 116. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.